Anderson, Anderson, you slimy SOB, man. Gotta tell ya. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world's finest. We are a sub show of the Vigilante 1939 podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time, you might say, what is the world's finest? I'm awfully glad that you asked. The world's finest is a sub show where we break down Superman and Lois. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nick Zanik, and joining me for the Superman and Lois breakdowns is none other from Gathering of the Geeks podcast. He is the steel still to my Superman. We have Chris Evans. Chris, how you doing, sir? I'm doing swell. Glad to be back. We took a week off there. <laughs> we we did take a week off. You know, we uh, we watched the Batman. We think we've both seen it multiple times now. So yes. <laughs> out of out of fairness of our enjoyment of the Batman, we were not enjoying anything other than the Batman. <laughs> so. Uh, now that the week has kind of came and gone, we've seen the Batman a few times. Superman and Lois is back. Now it's going on a little bit of a break, which we'll talk about after. That's network television for you. Uh, so we're going to get a nice little dump episode here for you guys. So we're we're going to be breaking down episode six of Superman and Lois and episode seven. So hopefully you guys are all caught up on episode six and hopefully you've all seen episode seven because we got a lot of thoughts on both episodes. So, Chris, we're going to go back in the time machine here a little bit, just two weeks ago, and we're going to go back to episode six of Superman and Lois. So, just give me some preliminary thoughts on what you thought of episode six of Superman and Lois. Um, so, episode six was good. It's good. Um, there's some stuff I did not like. This season, for me, it, it's starting to feel like it's been really hit or miss with certain things. And really, it's just one aspect that just keeps missing for me, but overall, it, it was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm with you too. I think it was it was a good episode. There was a lot of emotional moments in the episode. It was actually directed by uh, a childhood crush of mine who I was very smitten with back in the day by the name of Amy Jo Johnson, who was the original Pink Ranger back in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show. So that was pretty cool to see. Power Rangers and Superman collide. That was really, really cool. Uh, but to be honest with you, the opening scene I thought was pretty, pretty cool. It was yeah. pretty badass, you know, with Bizarro taking down those uh, army people. And then it kind of flashes back to the end where Superman kind of tries to do the same thing. I thought that was pretty cool. But Chris, let's get into some a little bit of the episode here. So obviously we got the, it kind of opens up with Bizarro's. Uh, origin story, maybe for lack of a better term, you know, kind of how he arrived on Earth, kind of how he ended up to where he was, and then we kind of move back over to Jonathan and Jordan's feud. So as we know, Jonathan got caught taking ex-Kryptonite, and now Jordan found out, and so now there's a little bit of brotherly scuffle going on between them, and General Sam Lane has agreed to train both of them, well, one of them, he got roped into training because the other one, 
<laughs> but Chris, what do you uh, what do you think of the this ongoing feud between the brothers? Because spoiler, it, it does carry over in episode seven still. I like the feud myself. I think that it was kind of inevitable. Like as soon as Jordan got the powers, this was going to happen. It was just going to be like, what scale is this going to happen on? And so now that we're seeing it play out this way, I think it's pretty fitting. I, I like I said, I expected it, but I like the way it's being handled. Um, I'm curious how long it's going to last, though. That's what I'm wondering because I don't see a reason to stretch this out because they're going to keep hitting on this until the day mm-hmm. Jonathan really gets powers. If it happens, this is going to be a constant thing. You know, we saw this theme played last season where Jonathan felt like he was the useless one of the family. And mm. we're seeing it come right back around. And it, it's interesting so far, but I, I do wonder how long they can stretch this particular piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So obviously, like, it, it's giving Jonathan something to do, which I know some of us might be clamoring a little bit more for, that, you know, it's actually giving him an arc, which I'm enjoying. Uh, we might have a little bit of an idea on where this is ultimately going to go. Like, you know, they're not just going to be fighting for the whole season. You know, he's probably going to be some sort of a super son alongside Jordan. You know, that seems to be where they might be heading. Uh, but I'm a, you know, I do kind of get a, annoyed a little bit, Chris. I don't know if you might feel the same way where it's, we kind of go through this like alternating cycle of, you know, Jonathan does something that pisses either Jordan off or Lois and Clark off. He's kind of like the screw up. And then we kind of go through this cycle that, you know, especially with like Jordan, you know, where he's kind of mean to his brother. And then in the end, he's like, oh, you know what, man, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I probably shouldn't have done that. You know, so it's it is how brothers act, I'll admit. But I'm I'm kind of looking to maybe deviate away towards uh, that for Jonathan. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yes and no. It is a pattern. They've made a pattern Mm -hmm. of this. Jonathan screws up. Everybody gets mad at him. We fix it. And then a couple episodes later, we're back in the same spot. It is a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what else you do with Jonathan, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. Jordan, they've, they've made not, not, I want to call him like the perfect child. But Jordan doesn't really have get into problems. He doesn't get into mischief as much. Yeah. <laughs> so Jonathan just doesn't have a lot to do. So what do they say? Idle hands of the devil's playthings. Or something like that. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. He just yeah. keeps getting into mischief. And this new thing is something else. I mean, we'll get to it when we get into mm-hmm. the next episode, but like, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then obviously real quick here, Chris, because, you know, we uh, we obviously we do these shows live on YouTube because we want to obviously open up the forum for comments. You know, mm-hmm. we want to hear what you guys think as well on the episodes, not just what we think. Um, and we actually did get a comment a few episodes ago. And we're sorry for, for the delay here, but sometimes comments come a little bit late on YouTube, but we got it now. Uh, and that came from Trey1658. Uh, and he pretty much just uh, wants to know that, you know, as far as Jordan goes, you know, Sam teaching him the tactical side of things, which are sometimes more valuable than pure strength. Uh, he told him to move over to the left when, you know, there could have been a blind spot. So kind of teaching him more tactical moves. Because uh, he also makes the point that you have to remember that General Sam Lane is a career military man. So he knows all sorts of things not related to powers. So, uh, Chris, I know you wanted to touch on that yeah. a little bit. Because I know you really, really touched on that a few episodes ago. So what do you think of uh, Trey's comment here? 
he's at, he's right. I did not, or they're right. I did not mm-hmm. consider that part of it. I just saw it as a very surface level human teach Kryptonian. But now, mm-hmm. you know, after I was like, hey, you know what? That is true. He does know some other stuff that would be helpful to to the boys. So, yeah, he's right. I heard that right. I'm sorry. I appreciate mm-hmm. their comment there, and I, I like it. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much for sending it in. That is actually a really, really great point. You know, we did maybe kind of speculate that he's probably, you know, it's like alpha training Bruce Wayne. You know, it, it's just more just teaching them, you know, the ways of life. They are teenagers. Superman's a little bit busy at the moment. He maybe can't train his sons uh, quite yet. A little like busy. Maybe would, little, little busy at the moment. Um, so, you know, and who knows, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe Sam Lane's just trying to get him, you know, feel of the crop a little bit, you know, teaching them how you're going to screw up. You can't always rely on your powers. So you got to be aware of everything that's going around. Teach him how to fight. Be more of like a maternal figure while Clark's too busy doing Superman things. It's cool. Like, I like it kind of the more that I think about it, but I definitely, definitely appreciate that, that perspective. So yeah, I, I would have so much. But yeah. I probably would have thought of it that way. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't so get past a, the face value yeah. thing. That is a great perspective. So, all right. So we are gonna move along here to the Lane family meeting, Chris. So obviously in this episode, Lucy and Lois are at odds here. So we we get the typical let's bring them back together. Let's get them to hang out and, and see if you know odds can meet ends. So, Chris, what do you think? Lucy and Lois still at odds here. General Sam Lane kind of. Trying to be, you know, be the peacekeeper here. Uh, what do you think? You care about this, still? Yes, I do actually. So, it for me, if it's part of Clark's household, I'm basically all in. And I like, uh, you know, you know, I've said before, Bitsy Tullock is amazing. So anytime mm-hmm. they give her material to chew on, I'm happy because she succeeds. It's always something, you know. Whenever they give her something to do, it works. This is another mm-hmm. one of those cases. Um, and just giving her someone to play off of, or two people to play off of of in her own mm-hmm. storyline. I'm digging it. Um, I do think the the way it happens is quick. But again, it, it, I mean, it's a 45-minute episode. So they, they don't mm-hmm. really have time to show this big reunion, you know, coming to terms. So they do it very quickly with the help of the actor who plays Sam Lane, which he's really um, shining in this season for me. I didn't, mm-hmm. like, I didn't dislike him in the last season, but I feel like this season he's really more likable mm. and just can give he's been given better material i think so i've been enjoying it and i like the way it was handled in this episode i like the way it ends up in this episode when they have like when they had that moment together they were just at each other's throats again mm. it worked for me although i do wonder i thought lucy was driving with her father how did lucy get home <laughs> i don't know <laughs> he just left her i'm kind of curious but <laughs> You know. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I do is Lucy just left. I guess. Oh yeah, I know. Lucy she got just left on her own. She got an Uber or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah funny to maybe. Me. Like I know you came here <laughs> with your father. The... Where did you go? <laughs> that is kind of funny. Um, yeah. So obviously this whole thing is going to end in some sort of emotional climax. Mm. You know, they right? like they're just they're just slowly building. You know, this tension between them. You know, when when ends meet, that Lois and Lucy are probably gonna gonna be sisters again. Everything's mm-hmm. gonna be okay. It's just the you know, the storyline that they got going on, they just got to build it out. So is it hard to see? Yes. Do you want to see it? No. But for story purposes, 
It's got to happen. So Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the CW tagline something like, we got the drama or where the drama is, something like that? I could have sworn that they is, had a tagline like that. Very true. That is very true. Sibling drama. Let's do it. The boys, the sisters. Actually, two sets of brothers. Sisters. That's, yeah. And marital Man. stuff. Superman and siblings, I guess, this is what it is. Superman and drama. I don't know. Superman and dramatics. Superman and dramatics. That's a good one. Uh, well, speaking of drama and dramatics, Chris, let's go over to the Cushings, your your, your favorite family. No, sir. Smallville's first family. <laughs> uh, so this week's episode, um, episode six, we got Kyle's confession where he kind of just confesses to Lana about his past infidelities. And Lana here, how I'm going to look at it is uh, Lana's kind of just moping around, Chris. You know, that's kind of how, how I approach it. So, uh... What what do you think of the the Cushing family drama this week, Chris? I just want them to go away. <laughs> I'm I'm finished. Just please go away. You're, you're taking up time that we got Bizarro stuff. We got Lucy Lane stuff. Ellie Alston. We got Anderson going nuts. I don't have room for Kyle crying in a bar. I'm sorry. <laughs> or Lana moping around like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I don't care. And it's no offense to oh. any of the actors. I mean, I've said it several times. I like Lana. I like Eric Valdez as Kyle, even though I don't know what they want us if they want us to like him or not anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they just take up too much time in these episodes. Like, did you even notice that Natalie was at the football game? Oh, she was, right? Yeah, she was. Hmm. Where has she been? Because she's living with the Kents. Well, her father is yeah, in the it hospital. It feels like we haven't seen her in like three episodes. We haven't. Yeah. It's weird. Like she's living yeah. with them. Her father's mm. in the hospital, so she's we don't see her at all. She's not a factor. But you know who is? Kyle's. Um, I don't know what you'd call her mistress. I suppose. Yeah. Why is she yeah. a character? And at least not. What is going on? Mm. I don't know. Yeah that that is. That is a great point. That is a great point. And meanwhile, we're going to get to this in episode seven. We actually got a return of a story arc that we thought they'd completely ditched when they actually kind oh, of yeah, brought yeah. it back. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely touch on that because we got a little more substance on that, which would have maybe been more beneficial two episodes ago, but that's it, it, okay. We got to get them um, open first. Yeah. <laughs> so... Because, you know, and that's no offense, you know, to the actress. I think she's doing, I think she's still doing a great job. But it is kind of how it is, you know. She's kind of just moping around, you know, from scene to scene. You know, it's just, I probably could have done without it. And I think most people would probably agree with that. You know, I, I hate that that's the drama that, that's going on for the, with the family. But it doesn't seem like they're just, they really know what to do with them. To be I quite honest. Do with them. But, Don't write about them. <laughs> You know, what you should be doing with Kyle is he should just have his own rib restaurant open while he's not too busy uh, saving lives. Yeah, you know, he's concerned about saving Smallville's economy. Open a rib restaurant, mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like a backyard cookout type thing. I don't know. Yeah, just not what they're mm-hmm. doing. <laughs> I don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. We'll see. Ho- hopefully, hopefully they they pick things back up with them. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but let's move on over to the last bit of emotional crux of the episode which is chris anderson 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 he does not trust superman Woof. 
Talk about a left turn here. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Anderson has full-blown betrayed Superman. So kind of putting Superman into a little bit of a trap here. Uh, Superman tries to take down Anderson's men while I believe being exposed to Kryptonite somehow. He's he's or he's in a red, red sun. I yes, the red sun. So he he kind of has like he is um he's in like a room with a red sun. So he's kind of powerless. So. Uh, pretty cool seeing some hand-to-hand oh, yeah. Superman combat here. I thought that was that was pretty cool. But, of course, Superman gets taken down by Anderson by a kryptonite gun. Spoiler to next, next week's episode, which is episode 7. And he's locked inside of a jail with an old friend, Chris. Uh, but before before we get to there, um, Chris, talk to me about this... Uh, Betrayal, because you know now they've now they've really gone all the way through with it. You know they didn't try to do the thing where maybe he's just a guy that doesn't like Superman, but he'll come around at the end. Like he's full blown like bad. Like he's he's the villain that they've established now. So what do you think of them establishing Anderson as a full blown villain for Superman now? Before I touch on that, you mentioned earlier the sequence with Bizarro's opening, which I love. That's probably my favorite part of the episode, and to see it mirrored mm-hmm. here brings up so many questions because like not only is it cool but i wonder is it it, like is the same thing about to repeat like what happened to bizarro in his world is that about to happen on this world i'm curious Mm. um but yeah yeah, the thing with anderson i don't remember what we said about him when we met him in the first episode it's been a little while but i don't think i expected him to be this big villain and Mm. the turn feels natural because he hasn't really trusted Superman from the get-go. Superman doesn't want to bow down to him, essentially. And in this episode, you know, in this particular episode, he's kind of, um, he's got some anxieties. Because, you know, he knows he screwed up, and he wants to blame Superman when it was his fault. So he's, a, he's kind of amped up already, and his plan of attack is, oh, let's take down the most powerful man on the planet. Mm. So it's 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 a cool villain turn. I, I, I do like the turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I actually really like the, the scene because, Chris, you actually made made up the point, too, where he, I think it was, was it Hardcastle? Mm-hmm. Where he has the meeting with the one general, and great point where she's just like, you know, it's funny that Sam Lane was, you know, didn't have any problems with Superman for 20 mm-hmm. years, whereas you come in, and immediately, now all of a sudden, Superman's public enemy number one. Everything's going to crap right, because so I, of you. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was, that was a great piece of dialogue and writing by that because it, it does firmly establish that this new guy just had it out for Superman from the get-go you know with no really substance you know well I think and then yeah oh sorry go ahead no go ahead yeah. I was gonna say they set him up to be like a big fan of Superman remember and I think mm-hmm. like never meet your heroes or something he, he expected yeah. Superman to be like his James Gordon or something like that or to be the James Gordon his Superman that's just not what it was right Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, you know, who knows? You know, maybe he really was just going to be, you know, like a Lex Luthor figure was. You know, regardless if you trusted him or not, he was always going to kind of turn out the way that he did, right? <laughs> I so, so I guess it's it's just you, re- you really don't know. But, I mean, kudos to them. You know what I mean? They didn't try to make you feel sympathy for him. At least not yet they haven't. You know, like he was just... You really didn't like this guy from the start. No. I would imagine you really don't like him now, so... No. <laughs> So, no, sir. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, obviously, he kind of put Superman in this uh, prison along with the return of Uncle Morgan. Uncle Morgan's back. 
Uncle Morgan's back. So we get we get the nice Kryptonian brothers uh, back at it again here, and we we got some really interesting scenes with them. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris, what was it like to see? good old uncle morgan back and what did you think of his role in this episode you can talk about from the beginning to the end if you want well i like i like uncle morgan like i told you off air i'm not gonna call him Talro. he's uncle morgan to me and um i like the character i i don't think i ragged on him too much last season except maybe those last few episodes for obvious reasons but i like the character mm-hmm. i like the actor a lot and now we're like this season we've seen these little bits where him and um tyler uh Hecklin, Hecklin, I can't remember right now, play off each other, and it works really well. Like, the dynamic has changed between them a little bit. And we knew that a partnership was coming, just didn't know when, but we knew this mm-hmm. was going to happen. And now we're really seeing those seeds kind of bloom a bit. <laughs> and I'm liking it. I think that they're mm-hmm. doing it in a way that makes sense. Because it wasn't like um, Talro just decided, while well, well, like sitting in that chair reading who knows what, you know what? Today I'm going to be a lot of books in there. Right, today I'm going to be less of a jerk. No, what changed his mind was when Clark took him to his mother, or he took Clark to his mother, and they had a conversation. That's what changed his mind. And he mm. saw, hey, I don't have to be this horrible Kryptonian. I could maybe be a less horrible Kryptonian. So I like the mm. the character arc they're giving him. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble, but I no. like the character arc that they're giving him, especially his last line of this episode. Tell mm. your son I'm sorry. Yeah. And it was sincere. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, the, I really actually dug the dynamic between them, especially when you... It was so still in tone with his character. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't try to do the thing where they try to force him to be, like, a different character. Right. Almost like he was still Uncle Morgan, Tao whatever you want to say. Right? He was just uh, being the guy that was being... a what we think is being a foil of Superman, but at the same time, they're just gaining each other's trust secretly while the odds are against them. Like, yeah. cause it's really not until probably Superman agrees to not let uncle Morgan get tortured. Essentially is when I think the lines kind of, kind of changed a little bit, right? Well, you kind of start to feel that Superman's still not going to let him get tortured because he's Superman. But then he realized that they, he actually might need his help. So they kind of come up with this cool plan. They end up at the fortress. And then it's like you said too. And then it's, it feels like you're, it feels like we were set up for this mm-hmm. cool battle, right? Where this cool family meeting too. That was pretty cool. But they're all just there conversing, trying to figure out who or what Bizarro is. Um, and then not to kind of flash too forward. And, but then we kind of get the emotional battle at the end. And then who knows yeah. where we're going after that. So, but we'll we'll touch on that a little bit at the end because that's a whole discussion in and of itself. Yeah, I'm not ready to go off the rails just yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll we'll come back to that. But Chris, let's go back to Jonathan because we, we we talked a lot about him earlier in this show, and now he's really at his lowest point. So he gets he gets caught from the school, uh, with the ex kryptonite. He doesn't want to rat out whoever sold it to him. He's very adamant about that. And then at the end of the episode, he's getting read the riot act by both Lois and Clark. Uh, Jordan doesn't want anything to do with him at the moment, but he understands a little bit where he's coming from. Uh, so he's he's at his lowest point right now. So do you think that we're finally setting up something big for Jonathan now? Probably not. I feel like it's just going to be the same pattern. Like we were saying, I think 
Jonathan will recover from this. He'll gain trust again. And then toward the end of the season, or maybe next season, he'll do something stupid again. And really, I, the, him not giving up Candace is a little strange to me. I, I get it. You know, mm. she seems to be having a hard time anyway, so why make it harder? I get it. But I, I, I just don't understand his sacrifice with this one. I, mm. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I do feel like something is going to ultimately happen with Jonathan, mm-hmm. but I just don't know what that is quite yet. Because uh, it, it's obvious I have a hard time believing that they would let him get powers and ditch that right away and not have that be some sort of an emotional arc in the season. You know, I mean, I don't think we know how many seasons are this season, Chris. Do we think that there's 13? So if so, this is episode seven. Yeah, so this is ep- well, this is episode seven. So you would think whatever they have planned for him is probably going to happen within the next few episodes. I w- I would assume so. Yeah. That kind of remains to be seen. But I want to talk about two quick things here, and then we'll go on to the uh, the big uh, third act of the episode. Mm-hmm. And because one of them kind of bothered me, and one of them I was kind of happy to see, but I wish we had gotten a little bit earlier. Um, and one of them was just this weird scene where like sarah and jordan are in like this classroom or whatever and like this <laughs> this is probably gonna sound like a major nitpick but it, it was like so weird uh we're like this kid is just like staring at sarah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for like five minutes and then she like calls him out on it and then like he's like oh wait what and like nothing ever happened to it i'm like so what was the purpose of that scene i don't know chris <laughs> so i kind of wonder if that was her attempt at like a bit of comic relief, maybe. Like, oh, yeah. we just had a tense scene. Let's do something funny. But it wasn't funny to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they needed a laugh track on that or something because I didn't get the memo. Yeah. No, it was just like, he's like staring at her for like five minutes. And I'm like, well, does he know her? Is he going to like approach her? And then and she like yells at him. And then, he, and then he's like, the kid in class that gets caught at looking at like a girl that he likes. And I'm like, okay. It was just awkward. You know? It, it was, but um, but anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. So, the other part that involves Sarah was that we find out her friend from camp, mm-hmm. Chris, uh, arrives at Smallville, and it was actually a pretty good meeting between them. I, uh, she seems like a nice person. They, uh, she's kind of there for Sarah. Uh, they agree to kind of be friends, uh, and then it's that feels like that's the resolution to that arc with Sarah that they kind of tied up in the beginning of the in the season or they tease at the beginning of the season i would have liked to have gotten that directly after they had done that chris so like maybe when you you know had mentioned that you know sarah uh kissed a girl at camp and then they kind of ditched it right away i would have actually liked the scene that we just got in like episode two or three as opposed to waiting like four episodes to kind of wrap it up i thought the placement was odd but i thought the scene was good what did you think of that I agree with that, but you know, now that we're talking about it again, because we talk about it off air, but that we're talking about it again, maybe the placement had to be here because it would have derailed, it, like it didn't fit with what was going on before, and maybe you needed that moment where she explained she kind of ghosted her. Maybe you needed that moment. I don't know, but yeah. the scene was fine. I like you said. I, I like the actress. She was okay, um, but it's just more Cushing's, more Cushing's. <laughs> Yeah, I know you love that, Chris. I um, do, I guess. 
Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what what comes of that. I it does feel like they've resolved that. Which, if yeah. that's the case, then I'm glad because at least then I can move on to whatever is going to happen next to them, and maybe use a character that sticks around or pops mm-hmm. in here and there. That's fine. I like that. That's cool. I'd like to yeah. see her and Jordan meet, perhaps. Maybe the yeah. three of them. That might be interesting to see how that yep. goes. Yeah. So they're still teenagers at the end of the day. So they're we'll only see. fifteen. They're only 15, apparently, which we did not know until a few weeks ago. Blows my mind. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'll tell you who's not 15. Uh, and that's all these adults over here at the Fortress that we tease here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bad transition, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. Uh, I, I like uh, it. So, obviously, <laughs> I know. So, Anderson injects himself with, I guess, a lot of X Kryptonite in this yeah. case. Like Bane uh, or something. And he storms over to the fortress because Superman had obviously given up where Bizarro's location was so he could save Tarot's life earlier in the episode. So Anderson agrees to take out Superman himself and apparently Tarot. So Anderson, all jacked up on this ex-Kryptonite, Chris, <laughs> gives Superman a run for his money, kind of takes out Tarot yeah. instantly, but Tarot actually makes a nice sacrifice for Superman, so that should be uh, pointed out as well, but he kills Bizarro. So, in hindsight, what we're trying to say is this one human who, yes, is on X Kryptonite, managed to take out Superman, Tailwell, another Kryptonian, and Bizarro all by himself. Kill Bizarro. So, Chris. <laughs> and kill Bizarro, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, so, Chris, what do you think of our new big bad here? Well. <laughs> So, like I said, I liked him in the previous episode. I like what they were doing, but we went zero to 60 real quick. And uh, so, okay, he does hit them with like a kryptonite bomb of some sort, which weakens Talro, Uncle Morgan, and Clark. They're weak when he comes in, and he's just like like chugging these ex-kryptonite things. Yeah. XK thing. He's just taking them on. So, okay, I, I could buy that. Fine, whatever. I don't understand how he was still able to manhandle them both. <laughs> like, okay, I, I get the Bizarro thing. He had a want. He he realized. Okay, blow this yeah. in his face. It's done. I get he had it. One over him. Yeah. But I didn't even know you could suffocate a Kryptonian. Yeah. I didn't even know yeah. Superman. Like, I didn't know that was possible. Like, I thought he was going to snap his neck, and we were going to have a you know a good old time. But that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, the, it was yeah. an interesting fight. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't love the execution. What I liked more was the, the dialogue before Anderson busts in, like the Kool-Aid mm. man. And <laughs> you had, um, like, oh, when Morgan Ed says, well, were we friends in your world? We were close. And then yeah. your wife tried to kill me. And then we saw in the previous episode, Lana is the one who tries to kill Bizarro. Mm. Which I... Guess means they were married, I think. Yeah, which is a very interesting twist. That's a that's a bizarre twist. <laughs> that is a bizarre twist. <laughs> what do you oh, think man. of everything yeah. though? Like all that stuff. Yeah, um, it was just odd. Mm-hmm. Like if I had to just put it in you know in layman's term, like I get I get that he was probably going to have some sort of major villain turn like that. I. Didn't know they were going to go that route, though. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like it's just a reverse of what you did with Uncle Morgan, essentially. Where it's 
you instead of you know he was already this Kryptonian that Superman didn't know existed. He's just a guy that took powers to take out Superman. You know, so it's like it's like a reverse. This guy didn't trust you from the start. Where Uncle Morgan was just plotting, you know, how he was going to reveal himself to Superman. So and he tried to be friends. Yeah, and try to be friends with him. Yeah, so and you know what? And I'll be honest with you. You know, I know people like seeing Superman get you know get his ass kicked, and you know, and and it's good. (laughs) And it's good. It's good to see. I admit, you know, you shouldn't always show your heroes as overpowered. But I have a hard time believing that this one man. <laughs> granted, he's a military man, so I'm assuming he has military training. Like, like he knows maybe. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Superman fought Darkseid and stuff. You telling me? Yeah, I, I, I don't think know. that. Yeah, that's why I get a little weary that this is supposed to be a veteran Superman. And he can't, but yes, he was under kryptonite, okay, so he was he was weakened. I get it, but at the same time, two weakened Kryptonians, weakened, not not like the incapacitated, yeah. weakened Kryptonian should be able to handle one man, mm-hmm. and then you throw yeah. in Bizarro, who is a mixture of Kryptonian, who knows what else, because he has different powers, I guess. It, it was just a weird thing. It's odd, like you said. Yeah, because, and then I think, and then the other thing, too, was, like, you know, they, like, they do the thing where, like, okay, here comes Bizarro now to save the day, right? And then he, like, takes down Bizarro, like, very easily, mm-hmm. almost. Like, Bizarro, you know, gets a few licks on him uh, here and there, but it's, like, it felt like everybody was just holding back a little bit, you know? Like, it's, they could have easily have gotten rid of Anderson, but it was... For story purposes, Anderson needs to beat all of them, and he needs to kill Bizarro. Which is fine. For the story. But, you know, you think, okay, they're in the fortress. He came to their home turf and whipped all of them, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, okay, so Uncle Morgan yeah. takes the kryptonite bullets for Clark, which was a cool moment. Clark does the, the, the quick surgery, Dr. Strange style, you know, eliminates the shards. Why didn't he go help Bizarro real quick? Mm. Like, why didn't you just do, like, a flying punch, knock out Anderson, get your brother, take him to the sun? I don't... There's a... Logic. There's a lot of weird logic questions in this fight. And then I have to tell Mm. myself, it's a comic book series about an alien fighting other aliens and a man who's snorting... Or, I'm sorry, inhaling a yellow gas. Well, he could be storing it too. We don't know. We don't know what they do. Who knows? But yeah, it was. It's odd, man. Yeah, De- definitely um, a weird decision. Definitely, definitely worth for sure. So obviously, of course, like I've been saying, he's been cemented as the big bad of the season because we learned a few episodes ago. It apparently, isn't Bizarro. So now it seems to be Anderson and Allie. So that seems to be where this season is heading and the episode ends with Anderson returning the amulet to Allie. Yeah, now, now we know what it does. Seems, now we know what it does, too. So it seems like now we have a clear path of where we're maybe heading. But, Chris, I got to ask you, um, just for, you know, for, for purposes here of this show, is there any way that you still see a redemption arc for Anderson? Like, maybe... He still thinks that he was right at the time to go at Superman, but there's still a shot to redeem him. And at the end, he's going to gain Superman's trust and become an ally to him, similar to how Uncle Morgan 
uh, became an ally to Superman. Do you do you think that that's still possible? Hashtag justice for Bizarro. <laughs> no. That's no, I, I think Anderson is too far gone. I think that he he was... I don't think he started off crazy, but it just kept kind of getting... It got to him too much that Superman wouldn't bow down. It just kept building yeah. with him, and now at the point where he's at, like I said, he's got some anxieties. The guy's off his mm. rocker. Yeah. And he just handed the villain their um, MacGuffin, I guess. Is what we're... Weapon, yeah. He just said, here, take over the world, friend. I don't know you. Yeah. It's kind of like when Venom makes friends with um, the Sandman in Spider-Man 3. Hey, you want to kill the spider? Yeah. That's basically what just happened. <laughs> That's a great analogy. It's what just happened. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. But no, I don't I don't think there's any redeeming him. Especially, okay. he lied about the Hardcastle thing. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Army doesn't even want him back. Yeah, so... And apparently, I think uh, Sam Lane dropped a little uh, line here that he's now he's gonna get back into the uh, get back into the game, Chris, because now he's he's gonna assemble his own team to try to yeah. Well, I think infiltrate Anderson. I think he said he's gonna try to, but then Lois is like, "No, you're retired." So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see if that if that comes to. I'm sure Superman's gonna end up finding him. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Chris, it's gonna be a few weeks because we are back on everybody's favorite H word. I ate us again. So, unfortunately, I believe we were going to have another two, three-week hiatus. So, again, not too, too long here. But, like we like we say, that unfortunately is the not-so-perks of network television. But... It is. We'll, we'll be back. So, obviously, a little bit of a break, which, you know, granted, this was a little bit of a banger of an episode. or en- It ended on a banger, I should it say. Did. So, cool. It was a cool ending uh, for what it's worth. It was a cool ending. So, hopefully, it, uh, it it picks up right where we left off. You know, absolutely. So, we're on. This was seven, and now we got episode eight coming, Chris. I'm kind of worried the momentum is going to be hurt again. Because they did this last season, and the momentum was hurt mm. for it. Also, when they returned, the episodes were not uh, not up to par. So I'm, I'm a little worried about this this hiatus because this is what their second hiatus. Yeah, second one. Yep. I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I know they were still filming though, COVID protocols and whatnot. I get it, but I'm just yeah. kind of worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's weird too because especially if this is a 13 episode season, you know, you you would assume we already got two hiatuses already. So when it comes back, you would think it would kind of just finish its course, you know, for what five episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming this is the last one. Hopefully, but hopefully there's not any more to because I agree with you. I would hate for us to get two more episodes, go on another hiatus, and then finish out whatever the remainder of the season is. See, I think, I think that's that, what it's going to be. I think we'll yeah. get like the last three or four in a burst because there'll be another hiatus. Yeah. Or maybe even like the last two will be after a hiatus. Yeah. So we, we really but, don't know how many episodes are in the season. Right, right, which... We will, I guess we'll just find out week to week here, Chris. <laughs> I'm waiting on the edge of my seat. I, I, I haven't enjoyed the show, despite my yes. complaints. I still enjoy the show. Yes, yes. I think everybody's in agreement. Despite our uh, criticisms, we, we wouldn't do this show if we didn't like the show. Mm-hmm. Let's put it let's put it <laughs> that way. Nobody wants to do a show of just complaining. No, so. it's not fun. <laughs> um, it's not fun at all. So, Superman Alos, you will be missed for the two, three weeks that you will be absent. I hope that you pick up the momentum where you left off. Anderson, I still hate you. I hated you before, and I hate <laughs> you even more. Uh, <laughs> I hope you get what's coming to you very soon, sir. 
Okay. Uh, but Justice for Bizarro. Justice for Bizarro. <laughs> Which feels weird to say, but Justice for Bizarro. Hashtag Justice for Bizarro. <laughs> We're going to start that. <laughs> we are going to start that. But, Chris, it was it was great to be back. Unfortunately, it'll be great to be back again when we come back yeah. <laughs> in two weeks. But uh, we might as well just tease this right now because it's going to correlate into what we we got uh, coming up here. And that is, while you miss World's Finest, you guys should go over to good friend of the show, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to be, Chris and I are going to be on her new uh, Sunday morning show. Uh, so, Chris, why don't you uh, tease that for us and tell everybody where they can find that. Yeah, so Lauren is going to be doing a World's Finest specific episode this Sunday morning. It will be at 10 a.m. Eastern. And you can find her on, well, the show on Twitter at FriendlyNBDShow. I believe that's also the YouTube channel, but you can go to the Twitter and find it from there. FriendlyNBDShow. We'll see you on Saturday morning. Absolutely. You will see us. Hopefully, for audio purposes, you guys will be able to hear that and tune in because uh, she's got some really cool things actually mm-hmm. planned uh, for that show. There's like a cool bracket that she's going to be doing too where I assume we're all going to get a vote on you know, which that's going to be pretty cool and we're just going to talk about the world's finest man because who doesn't like Batman and Superman and, and other great stuff. So it'll just be a fun, fun show. So hopefully you guys can tune in then. We definitely look forward to that. But Chris, until then, of course thank you for joining me sir. This was a blast. Uh, please Plug where everybody can find you, sir. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at thatchris70. As always, I prefer you take a look at the podcast that I do with my buddy Emmett Davis. So if you would, please give us a follow over at G of the Geeks on Twitter. Amazing. Please go do that. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Nick But most importantly, what I would like you to do is follow Vigilante1939 on Twitter and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And please consider giving a like and a share to those videos as well. And drop a comment down below for uh, the purposes as well. If you like what you saw, tell us what you liked about the episode. Tell us if you like Chris and I. If you don't like us, that's fine too. But we'll just know that we read the comments and, and, and they do hurt our feelings. So just be happy <laughs> on the fuck up with that. Uh, but you can also find this podcast, Vigilante1939 wherever you get your podcast at. So, for Chris, my name's Exanic, and we will be back. What? What's up? Uh, I forgot. Also, we uh, the both of us did something earlier this week. We did a full oh. spoiler review for The Batman, which you guys can find over at the Gathering of the Geek stuff. So, I just wanted to plug that for us. No. <laughs> I forgot. That was, a, that was a great, great show. So, if you, that was a, a lot of spoiler, spoiler discussion. Yeah, so. we do not hold back. <laughs> We do not hold back in that show, so definitely, definitely check that show out. And that's audio only, so go on their podcast feed and download that. So, But until next time, my name is Xenic. For Chris Evans, as Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell all your friends about me. Mm-hmm.